you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Six. DJ Bucky, Rhett, back together again on a Thanksgiving week. I'm very thankful for you guys. Uh, I was going to do a little happy chat here at the top, talk about maybe favorite Thanksgiving dish, but the football is too good, so I say we jump right in. You guys ready to roll? Oh, I was ready to give you a Let's dissertation on mac and cheese, but all right. Oh, no, that's, that, that's <laughs> the wrong answer. It's, it's stuffing is the proper answer, but we're going to start off here. Chiefs, Chargers, Sunday night football. Uh, I was there on the call for the Chargers radio broadcast, and an incredible game. Every time these two teams get together, it doesn't matter injuries, who's playing, who's not playing. It always comes down to the very end. And this one, it, it feel like I've seen this episode before. The Chargers oh, score, they go ahead, they're up by four. I have, exactly. A minute 46 to go, Patrick Mahomes gets the ball back, guys. And I thought, you know, I kind of start us off here and just kind of rip through this drive and how this yeah. happened and how Mahomes' magic took place once again, the drive starter here, the first one, man, you see on the sideline how mad Brandon Staley is because Valdez Scantling got away with one, a little bit of a push off there. They get a nice drive starter, big chunk play. And then after that, you see Mahomes scramble for a few yards. You see a throwaway. The Derwin James third and four pass interference on Kelsey was crucial. That extends that drive. And then to me, the two plays at the end uh, that play off of each other and, and what makes Mahomes so special you had him scramble. He, he takes off with his legs. The Chargers had nobody to account for him. He gets a huge chunk play. 
So on the following play, which would be the game winner, they're in man, as everybody saw, with Derwin James on Kelsey. But with Drew Tranquil in the middle of the field, they actually use him to kind of hang this time as a spy in case Mahomes were to drift out of the pocket to try and take him away as a runner. It left, it left Derwin on an island. He was an outside leverage. They read it perfectly. Next thing you know, Kelsey right off the line. He wins, and the game is over. But I thought Mahomes' mobility, Rhett, I feel like in all these big games and these big moments, as amazing as he is as a thrower, what he does with his legs, it feels like always just at the perfect time. Once again, that was the case last night. Hey, do you guys know what the uh, what the shortest celebration is on a touchdown, on, on some kind of touchdown in an NFL game? The shortest, the quickest celebration ever. <laughs> it's on a touchdown to take the lead against the Kansas City Chiefs with under two minutes to play. Oh, man. <laughs> because you know, yeah. as soon as you score that that dude 15 is going to prance out onto the field and you are going to immediately have that sinking feeling in your stomach, that pit in your stomach. So this is essentially what happens, right? Josh Palmer, who had a fantastic game, by the way, two touchdowns and was huge for the Chargers and has been, right? Uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. Six-yard touchdown pass from Justin Herbert. They take the lead 27-23. You look up at the clock, you're like, holy smokes. 146 left on the clock. But the best quarterback that we've seen in these types of situations as of late, right, last few years, Patrick Mahomes, he comes out onto the field, jogs out, and then I'm going to give you the one play XO. Not even a play. It's an image. Because when he comes out onto the field in those situations, you know that that is going to be the image right there on your screen <laughs> that the opposing quarterback is going to have on the sidelines. Mahomes runs out under two minutes to play. You know inevitably you are going to get that picture right there. And if Justin Herbert was playing Pictionary and he picked the card that said Patrick Mahomes, that's all he would have to do to get the entire crowd to tell you, oh, yeah, no, no, that's it. You, you, Patrick Mahomes is the correct answer. And so all he could do was sit there and watch. And then obviously just a couple of seconds, what, uh, you know, less than 30 seconds on the clock for uh, Herbert to come back and try to match it. Just couldn't do it. Um, but that feeling, I cannot imagine the helplessness of that feeling, Bucky, for an opposing quarterback to just watch Mahomes go down the field. Uh, I think we've all talked about it. Uh, we have talked about it in the draft process. The one thing that you want from a franchise quarterback is in when you walk into the huddle and he is there, that you have hope that at any moment he is going to lead your team uh, to a win. He is a magical player. He is something that, look, man, we talk about these quarterbacks and we always are talking about the top five, but this dude is the best quarterback in the league. And week in, week out this season, he has shown that you take away Tyreek Hill and his game is going to another level. Hats off to Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the best that we've seen in this league at that position. But another guy who's one of the best that we've ever seen, the tight end. Travis Kelsey is arguably the best tight end that we have seen. And he will go down as a gold jacket guy. He may go down as the GOAT because this dude gets open early and often against everybody. And the fact that this year, everyone knows he's the number one target of the passing game, but yet and still, when it's money time, particularly in the red zone, the ball finds its way into number 87's hands. He's remarkable. Andy Reid does a great job of scheming it, but his skill set is one that we will look to copy and make sure that we have tight ends that have these capabilities. Because if you have a tight end like that, your offense can be a juggernaut because you always have a way of creating mismatches and exploiting those mismatches in the passing game. Yep. Chargers fans, DJ and Money up in the booth, they've all seen that movie before. I might have seen that exact play before on the Kelsey game winner. 
uh, on the crosser. <laughs> saw that a year ago at SoFi, right? And of Patrick Mahomes' 12-game-winning drives uh, in his career, half of them have come on the road against AFC West opponents with the last three against the LA Chargers. All right, so uh, let's go Let's go silver lining for the Chargers. Mike Williams, unfortunately, leaves the game. Keenan Williams kind of in and out. Man, Josh Palmer, DJ, has been awesome to watch these last couple of games as they put more on his plate and had to. Eight catches, 106, and two touchdowns in this one. I feel like he kind of does a little bit of everything, right? He's not just like a one-trick pony and a real nice weapon that the Chargers are building there. Uh, kind of, you know, late, late day, uh, late draft pick that's really paid off for him. Yeah, I think getting Keenan Allen back helps, too. Uh, he drew a lot of attention. Keenan Allen made some big plays. Mike Williams came back early. Unfortunately, like he aggravated his ankle injury. We'll see how long he's out. Uh, but my thing on the Charger side of it, we'll wrap it up here with this game. Uh, they, they desperately need a closer, and their closer is Joey Bosa. And once he gets back at the end of the year, this is a team. They just need to find their way in the tournament. They've played the best team in the league, in my opinion, right now, in the Kansas City Chiefs twice. Both games, three-point games, they had a chance to win each of them. So, they get healthy, they get right, they just have to find their way into the tournament and they can be dangerous. So we'll see what happens uh, if they can make it in there. All right, next game, let's go Eagles-Colts. Uh, this was a game the Colts were, were leading a good chunk of this ball game. The Eagles come back, they win it 17-16. to 16. Uh, Rhett, let's, uh, let's get to this Eagles pass rush because once again, that defensive front was kind of the story of the game. I mean, like the depth of it is just ridiculous. And like you kind of got the feeling, right, when they sign Linval Joseph, when they sign Indomitian Sue, even with Jordan Davis out, you're like, Man, like, do they they have enough roster spots for all of these like game changing defensive linemen? And it turns out both of them end up playing. Both of them end up having an impact. Uh, Indomitian Sue, one of five players for the Eagles with three plus quarterback pressures in this game. I mean, they harassed Matt Ryan. Technically, pressured him if you want to call it that on half of his dropbacks. Half. That's the most the Eagles have had on a quarterback. That's the most the Colts have surrendered. On their quarterback, and you know how bad it was earlier in the season with Matt Ryan. The first time he was in there as the starter with that offensive line that just just has not been right uh, this year, certainly. And so, you know, you talk about some of those new faces, right? Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat has really come on. Uh, but then it's old reliable at the end, right? You want to talk about a closer. Brandon Graham closed that game down for the Eagles, DJ, with that sack at the end. Yeah, no, it looked. Yeah, they, they ended up with four sacks at the end of the game. You talked about the waves, Brandon Graham finishing it. I went back and watched specifically Sue and Joseph, watched all their snaps because I wanted to see how their, their legs were underneath them. I thought Sue kind of got better as the game went along. He provided some pocket push as a rusher, flashed his quick hands, able to make a tackle for loss or right at the line of scrimmage. I thought you saw him kind of get a little more comfortable. He got washed a couple by a couple angle blocks early in the game. But I thought he got better. I thought Linval Joseph, right from the jump, lining up in that zero technique, that wide stance we've come accustomed to seeing, you couldn't move him. He looked like the Linval Joseph that we've kind of always seen throughout his career. Stacking blocks, he shows you some power to end up getting half a sack. Handled double teams all day long. They needed to do something after that Jordan Davis injury, get another big body in there. They went out and got two. They're veteran guys. Uh, I, I love what Howie Roseman did in this case, Buck. No, I really like what the Eagles have been able to do. I mean, this is a team that just kind of keeps stacking strength upon strength. And so that defensive line needed some help after giving up 160 rushing yards in back-to-back -back games. They go and get two run stoppers, Linville Joseph and Dominican Sue, who also gave them a boost when it came to the pass rushing presence. Uh, the thing for me is, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm really disappointed because I feel like my great defensive performances have been wasted. By all accounts, Gus Bradley's done a really good job with the Colts defense, but offensively, they just cannot help them. In a game in which, they look, they had the game under control going into the fourth quarter, had a 10-point lead, but the offense could not 
close it out. And yeah, you know, Jalen Hurts got busy and got hot at the end and scored a game-winning touchdown. But when you hold an opponent to 17 points, you're supposed to win. I think the big thing for the Colts in the offseason, not only in finding who their head coach is, they have to figure out, one, what their offensive identity is going to be, and they got to make sure that the personnel matches the philosophy because right now I don't understand why the Indianapolis Colts are not a better team because the talent suggests they should be a much better team than the record indicates. Yeah, and in that one, by the way, last point on this one, we'll move on. Javon Hargrave, too. We should give him some love. You yeah, talk about the new course. additions there, but Javon Hargrave and what he did against Quentin Nelson that game, uh, That's uh, he's big time. He is a big time player there for the Eagles. Um, all right, speaking of defensive fronts, let's get to this third game of the big three here. The Dallas Cowboys in the biggest statement win of the weekend just demolish the Minnesota Vikings in a game we could yeah. see later on in the postseason. Talk about a confidence builder. 40-3. to it was never close, and it was a game that was dominated along the line of scrimmage. And I'll, I'll start off here with this defense for the Cowboys. You see the numbers on the screen. You only give up 110 passing yards to a team uh, with arguably the best receiver in the NFL. You get seven sacks on Kirk Cousins, who's a, a tough guy to get to. They just completely shut them down. And I want to give some love to a couple guys here because Micah Parsons is going to get all the credit. He continues to just make big-time plays, had a couple sacks in this game. But Dorrance Armstrong has quietly emerged as a really, really good football player. Dante Fowler on you know several teams since he began his NFL career has found a home and is playing well here in this Dallas Cowboys front. And then you kind of almost forget about the old man and Demarcus Lawrence who f- feels like he's been with the Cowboys forever. He finds a way to make a player two every single game. It's a deep front. And I think when we look at the teams that have a chance to go deep in the postseason, we talked about the Philadelphia Eagles in the same division, the waves of defensive linemen. To me, that's that's where it is right now. It's having the depth. It's having the numbers. We've said it about the 49ers. Uh, but that was a statement game, big time, from the Dallas Cowboys, Buck. Oh, big time statement game for the Dallas Cowboys. And when you think about the Dallas Cowboys and their winning formula, defense, running game, and efficient play from the quarterback. So let's focus on the running game because there's always this conversation and debate about Tony Pollard versus Ezekiel Elliott. But I'm going to say take the verses out of that and put a plus sign. Because when you get Tony Pollard plus Ezekiel Elliott, this Dallas running game is formidable. Tony Pollard gives you the sizzle. He gives you the big playability. He can take it the distance from anywhere on the field. We also saw him in the passing game give you a little something. But they still need Zeke Elliott because Zeke Elliott does the dirty work. He's the grinder. Is he what he once was? No. But at in this game, there's still a place for a running back that brings some toughness, some grit, He gives them that. And so the combination is really a problem for defensive coordinators having to figure out how you want to play this tandem. It is a nice problem to have if you're the Dallas Cowboys. You have two number one running backs that can share the load and you can attack the defense with different pitches. Speaking of number one running backs, that's what the Vikings have. Despite all the conversation that we've had about Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and that connection this year, which is, you know, as good as it gets in football, Uh, Right now, like the Vikings cannot lose sight of the fact that Dalvin Cook is a dude back there and he needs more than 11 carries in this football game. Now, he got eight of them in the first half, but this game like wasn't completely out of hand uh, at the break. You know, it was like a 20 point deficit, but you can't just completely go away from a guy who represents your best matchup in this game. Like you got to go into this thing, understanding that Michael Parsons is going to harass your quarterback. Like as much as you want to try to get around it and keep him off the QB, he's going to be a factor. So how do we neutralize that? Well, we got a pretty dang good running back in Dalvin Cook uh, and the, the Cowboys have shown vulnerabilities 
in in their rush defense these last couple of weeks. They're near the bottom of the league in run defense coming into this week. Like that was the kryptonite for an otherwise really strong defense. And yet you just didn't see it. Now, when they gave it to Dalvin, I mean, he had almost 80 yards on 11 carries, like 70 something yards on 11 carries. Like he was getting up there with with some of those carries. He was generating yards. He just didn't have those carries, those attempts needed to really make an impact on this game and to sustain some drives from Minnesota, who, by the way, converted one third down in this entire game, DJ. Yeah, I'm curious to see what what happens from here for both of these teams. I think you'll see the Minnesota Vikings. They'll bounce back a little bit. I know a lot of people writing them off, and you hear, well, they're a fraud. They're not any good. This is all kind of a mirage, what they've been able to do. No, I still think they've got some big-time pieces in place. But for me, guys, the Dallas Cowboys coming off of this win, I'm sitting here looking at this going, you know, was Edwin Diaz the closer for the Mets and they play the trumpets? I want to see OBJ trot out onto the field with the trumpets blaring and, and, and see the Cowboy fans just go nuts and say, this is our finishing piece. This is the last piece to a championship puzzle. Bucky, I'll ask you, give me one good reason why the Dallas Cowboys shouldn't push those chips in with this team at this time and go bring in Odell and see if he can't push him over the top. Well, I can't think of a reason. Uh, because this, to me, this makes too much sense. There are a few different reasons why this works. One, Odell Beckham Jr. as their number three receiver, man, give me that all day as he works back from injury. You think about him and Michael Gallup and then C.D. Lamb. You now have an answer for if they do decide to take away C.D. Lamb with double coverage. Uh, in the running game, it opens up more things because you at least have to pay attention to Odell Beckham Jr. But let's be real. Oda Beckham Jr. is a star. And I think about superstars being on America's team. You put OBJ in that uniform with the star on the helmet. I'm just thinking box office, must-see TV. It makes too much sense for all parties involved to make this marriage happen. Let, let me just play devil's advocate then, because I agree with you. I think this is a slam dunk. I think with the the brand, with the power of the star, with with you know, with Jerry Jones willing to do anything and everything to win, to help his team win and to get that. Uh, elusive Super Bowl, that first one since the early 90s. Like, I get it. Like, that, all that makes sense. Let me ask you this. This offense is humming right now with Zeke, with Pollard. I know that OBJ would give them a little bit extra, but do you, do you feel like that opens up the possibility for the Cowboys to get overly enamored with trying to get OBJ the football just as he's, you know, still coming back from this injury and you feel like that takes them out of whatever groove that they might be in at all at this point? You worry about that even just a little bit. I don't. I, I Buck, I'll get yeah. to you on this, and you can follow it up. But we just saw this last year with the Rams team that was humming yeah. right along, and you thought, man, they're scoring points. Matthew Stafford's really coming along. He fits beautifully with Sean McVay. They've got weapons. Cooper Cup's going nuts. They don't – yeah, go out and get them. Adam, we can always take more. Yeah. You can always take more. And when you find yourselves in the playoffs, they're going to make you left-handed. They're going to take away – CeeDee Lamb's going to try and take him away. you got to have other options there, and I think – you know, with other players they have in place, now you're throwing Odell Beckham in the mix. We just saw this work last year, Buck. Yeah, no, I think the big thing will be, can Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy resist the temptation to play with a new toy and play with them That's too what much? I mean. We've all seen yeah. on Christmas Day, you get the new toy and you neglect your old toys. And so this team is at its best when it runs through the running backs. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, I do worry about that part, but my worries don't outweigh my uh, excitement for if this works out, ooh, man. OBJ in that uniform, in that stadium for America's team, you sign me up all day for that. Yeah, no doubt. That would be, uh, it'll be fun to watch. We'll see what happens. He's going to be a big addition uh, wherever he lands. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit a on a few games uh, involving the AFC East. Some interesting matchups and some ugly offense. We'll get to that right after this. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. With NFL Plus, watch live, local, and primetime games on mobile and listen to live game audio now through Super Bowl 57. Sign up for the rest of the season with a special offer of $19.99 by going to plus.nfl.com and sign up now. Again, that's Super Bowl 57, which is LVII. That's, uh, that's Super Bowl 57 in case you were wondering how the Roman numerals work. I know Rhett struggles with that. Um, let's get to this Jets-Patriots game here, Buck. It was, uh, it was an ugly affair, uh, but an incredible ending. A, a walk-off punt return there for the Pats. They win 10-3 in a big one in Foxborough. Yeah, DJ, I want you to turn back to the clock. I want you to go back to the days when you're on the road as a scout. You're probably somewhere desolate watching your team play on the road, maybe at a little bar, a little hole in the wall, trying to see what's going on. And all you think about are the guys that you scouted and how they're contributing to the team. That's what I'm thinking about when I look at the New England Patriots in the game with a walk-off punt return touchdown. Marcus Jones, a kid from Houston who the Patriots drafted, a kid who had nine kick and punt return touchdowns during his collegiate career, first at Troy, then at Houston. What does he do? He delivers the first punt return touchdown in the NFL, and he does it in walk-off fashion. When you are a scout, there is not a better feeling than seeing one of your guys, one of the guys that you rubber-stamped, make a play to win a game. Marcus Jones is that guy. And so when you think about the scouting department, 
working with the coaching staff to make sure that those guys are in sync and they develop the players. Marcus Jones working with Troy Brown to become the starting punt returner and to deliver in a big moment. Oh, man, it warms your heart if you're a scout. It warms your heart to know that you put your neck out there and the player delivered. Yeah, I went back and looked through my notes, Buck. He was look, he's 5'8", 174 pounds, so he's a little guy. Um, he was my 123rd overall player. He had surgery on both shoulders, so there was some medical stuff there. But you hit it. Nine career kick and punt returns as a transfer from Troy. He's played inside and outside on defense. Incredible ball skills. Just a really good football player. The injuries, the size, a little bit of a concern. But, man, they put him in the right position to make plays, and he, he literally won a game for him. Uh, to me, the big headline that's going to come out of this game, even though it's a big win for the New England Patriots, I think the predominant story has been Zach Wilson uh, and his uh, just struggles that he's had, as well as some things that he said after the game, which were baffling and, uh, and we'll get to in just a minute. But let's start with the play on the field. Because I went back, I said, you know what? I'm going to watch this game from start to finish. I'm going to try and be objective. I know what the narrative of how bad he was. And this is what I came away with. In the first half, outside of this ball that you saw sail over the middle that should have been picked off by Devin McCourty, actually thought he played pretty well in the first half. I'd give him about a B, even though the, the numbers aren't going to be impressive. They didn't have the ball much. He had a drop by Denzel Mims. I thought he did a good job protecting the football, made good decisions. Then in the second half, it was terrible. I mean, it was if you're going to grade him, it was an F. He, got, he gets lazy on some of these underneath throws. He doesn't set his feet. He's got a really bad habit of dropping his elbow. The ball takes off on him. There could have been a couple interceptions in this game. Uh, there weren't. But they couldn't generate any offense whatsoever. So I, I don't want to minimize how bad he was in this, in this second half specifically. It was terrible. But I do want to add some context here. This is a game where you can tell just by the way he's playing, based off the turnovers he had in their first meeting, you beat into a young quarterback, do not make a mistake. Do not turn the ball over. You could see he kind of played that way. There was no attack to his game. It was a very passive way to play the game. You can't play that way and, and, and produce and score points. So I thought that was one part of it. The second part of it, look, you had some wind. I know Mac Jones is playing the same wind, and he had better numbers. The different offenses, the, the defenses are giving them different things. So I, I, that's not really apples to apples from that standpoint. The other thing is they didn't have a run game. He's not, we talk trucks and trailers, guys. Rhett, he is absolutely 100% a trailer. Nobody's arguing that he's a truck. He's going to need help. And so if you go on the road and you play against Bill Belichick defense, you got a little bit of wind, and you're thinking, I'm not going to make mistakes. This is, you have no run game. This is what you're going to get. That's why the surprise and the shock that he yeah. did not play well in this game kind of, that sets me back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, Orchard Park, uh, New York wind from a year ago when when the Patriots only, you know, threw the ball three times and still won that game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Jets wouldn't have won that route either because they couldn't run the football against the Patriots defense. And you're right. It's not all no. on Zach Wilson. Certainly not. But what is Zach Wilson to this team? He's the face of the franchise. He's the leader of the offense. And whether he's a truck or a trailer, he answers for how this offense performs because it's him that's up there at the podium each and every game, win or lose. He'll get too much credit. He'll get too much of the blame. We always talk about that with quarterbacks. But when somebody stands up there after you had seven possessions in the second half and in punts, you had four sacks in that game, single digits in those types of categories are something you kind of expect. Two in the total yardage column in the second half is not something you expect from an offense. I don't care what the weather is uh, at this point. And so when your defense goes out there and keeps the Patriots who won this game from scoring an offensive touchdown and you lose and you don't do enough to score on your end and hold up that end of the bargain. Yeah, you, 
you know, like you got to understand that and you got to stand up with that. And so the question was asked to Zach Wilson after the game uh, based on that very scenario. Here it is. As an offense, though, I mean, you guys are only able to score three points. The defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down? No, no. Thank you. OK, there's a, there's a little bit there. Right. Um, and it's just even if you don't want to come out and say it's all, it's my fault. We didn't do it. I didn't do it. Even if you don't want to go that route, there are better ways to answer that question. And and I get it. Wins and losses are not going to come uh, because Zach Wilson didn't answer a question properly uh, in the postgame press conference. But you got to understand that that carries within the locker room, too. That stuff carries. You know, your guys are seeing that your guys are understanding. They're like, wait, come on. There's not a better way for you to say, look. I didn't do, I didn't hold up my end as an offense. We didn't hold up our end. Defense did their job. We got to pick them up like you don't have to come out there and say I stunk. Right. Like, you know, it, it, there's just there's better ways to handle yourself when you are a leader of the team, when you are the face of the franchise and when you are the quarterback with the ball in your hand on every play on offense. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a terrible answer to that question. And and it's like, it's like well, how dare you ask to, me that? Yeah. No, and and you know what? That I'm reading. I'm totally reading into this, but this to me felt like, look, you, I've had I've had games where like I wasn't playing well. I've had coaches come up to me and say, look, every every drive that ends in a kick, a punt or a field goal is a good drive. Our defense is going to keep us in the game. Don't screw up. Don't screw up. Don't screw up. And that's how the kid played. He played scared not to make a mistake. Don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. And it's like, okay, we're in this three three game. We're going to go to overtime, and I just you know we find a way to maybe the defense gets a turnover. We're going to win this really ugly way. But that to me was some frustration from his his part. He's got to fix his mechanics. Uh, that's yeah. first and foremost. I know there's a lot of talk about making a change, and I'm not I'm not against them making a change this year because this team has has a, a playoff caliber defense. I think one of the elite defenses in the league. And I, yeah. I, look, we can talk about their defensive line, how they dominated up front. They were fantastic. Um, but I'm just saying, coming off this game against Bill Belichick, who I've seen make much better quarterbacks look terrible. Um, I've seen it in person. Yes, I, I wouldn't pull the trigger on him after this game. We see a similar type performance like this next week. Then you have you have to, I, in my opinion, then you have to entertain. We, we've got to get a, a better option at the position. Buck, I don't know where you are on that one. I just, to me, the timing of if you no, bench no, Zach like, Wilson <clears throat> after this game, as bad as it was, I don't I don't like it right now. A week from now, maybe it's different. Okay, let's have a, a, a real conversation. So as bad as it was. This game should have been an overtime game if they don't give up a punt return. If it gets into overtime and the Jets win, are we still having the same concern, the same conversation? So if I'm Robert Sala, what I got to do is I have to ignore what the result was and say, at the end of the day, it was 3-3 for four quarters in a 60-minute game. Yes, we wanted more, but as DJ pointed out, if I'm telling my quarterback, hey, our defense can win it for us, don't mess it up, yeah, there's going to be some hesitancy and some reluctance to push the ball down the field because the first game, he turned it over a ton and they lost. This game, hey, don't beat ourselves. We'll figure out a way to win it. If that was the philosophy, if that what was talked about the entire week, yeah, I can't hate Zach Wilson. The one thing that I will say, though, quarterback is a leadership position. Uh -huh. And I look at yes. the way Zach Wilson handles his interviews. And I look at the way a guy like Taylor Heineke handles his. There's something to being the guy. And even if you don't fully believe it, what you do is you simply tell the camera, hey, I got to be better. We got to be better. On to the next. That's it. And then he doesn't have to deal with all this other stuff. Yeah. And, and I'll wrap it up with this. When I, when I get a chance to speak to college kids, um, you go out to, on the tour and kind of talk to these guys in training camps, 
and I try and give them some advice on how to deal with the media. And I always, one of the things I always will say is, look, it's very simple. If you just write this down and just remember this, it'll serve you well the rest of your career when you're dealing with the media. When it's right, it's we. When it's wrong, it's me. That's it. It's that simple. Anything goes bad, you take it, you wear it, you own it. Anything that goes good, you spread it, you share it. That's that's like, it's 101. And he completely bombed uh, that exam after the game. So we'll see what happens with the Jets. I do know one thing, the defensive line is legit. And their, their defense yeah. as a whole uh, played extremely well. Let's get to the other game inside that division. Uh, Browns-Bills. This is a game the Bills end up winning 31-23. to uh, Rhett, this was a run game uh, for Buffalo that uh, that came to play a little bit here. So I think we talk about this uh, a lot in Bill's losses, right? There's a fine line between how good Josh Allen is and and then and knowing and understanding that he can win on any play at any point in any type of situation, right? And then the fine line becomes like whether you're asking him to do that and whether he feels like he has to do that. Well, that was the best part about this game for the Bills because neither one of those things, it felt like they didn't necessarily ask him to go win it on every play and he didn't feel like he had to because they had seven explosive plays on the ground, on the ground. He did. He was not responsible for a single one of them. Devin Singletary, and I thought this was a breakout game for James Cook, the rookie runner uh, from Georgia. I mean, showed you that absolute explosive ability. Here he is here going around the edge. I mean, he gets to the corner in a flash. And on those explosive plays, like, they did a lot of what would look to me like counteraction, like design counter runs, and then some that were just great vision and cutbacks that really kind of caught Cleveland off guard and flowing the opposite way. And they come back and hit them for a couple of big runs. And uh, man, if that thing is rolling for the Bills, then you're going to start to see more of that Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs stuff come back into the playbook, into the into the stat box, right into the box score a little bit more than we saw in this game. But I think this game and the way they won it on offense. Um, Bucky, man, that was, that was a blueprint for Buffalo here moving forward to get things right and to get it moving. Absolutely. It's a blueprint because we've talked about it. The Buffalo Bills cannot go far with Josh Allen doing everything. He needs some support, particularly in the running game. And so to see James Cook step up and have a big game, to see them be able to run the football with their running backs and do some of the counteraction stuff and those things, that is great. But my eyes are on the Cleveland Browns because the Cleveland Browns are hoping that they could just kind of tread water while they're waiting for their star quarterback, Deshaun Watson, to come back. They have another game to play before he is able to return. And I'm looking at this team in this offense, and I don't know what to make of the Browns. Like, to me, they're still a major disappointment because this is a team that we talked about having one of the more talented rosters in football. But here they are at 3-7. and seven. I can't really tell what their identity is on offense. And so the big thing for me is, where is Kevin Stefanski going to go with this team when Deshaun Watson returns? What is this offense going to look like? Yeah, they put up 23 points with Jacoby Brissett, but to me, the million-dollar question is, what is this offense going to look like when number four returns to the lineup? Because right now, they're hanging by a thread in terms of being in the postseason picture. Can Deshaun Watson give them a spark if Kevin Stefanski can give this offense some direction? Well, that's going to lead me to my, my last point here, Buck, kind of wrap it up on this game. Amari Cooper ended up with eight for a buck 13 and two touchdowns. Amari Cooper... We've been saying it a couple times throughout the year. It's really sneakily having a solid season. He's on pace for 85 for 11, 87, and 12 touchdowns. Now, I want to just give you some hope if you're a Browns fan because you're talking about what does this look like when Deshaun Watson comes back. I'm looking at the skill set that Amari Cooper has. I'm looking at his ability to make plays over the top. He won a ton in the slot. You saw slot fades in this game. Um, you saw deep outs. 
You saw quick slants winning with that quick release off the line of scrimmage. And I'm sitting here going, you remember what DeAndre Hopkins was doing yep. with Deshaun Watson? You're talking about mul multiple 1,500-plus mm -hmm. yard seasons. I think Amari Cooper is capable of doing that. Once, once you get Watson, get him comfortable, that's going to probably take till we get to next season. But if you're looking what this offense could look like going forward to find that identity, to balance out what you have with this run game, uh, with some of the talent you have there, Buck, I'll kick it back to you. You can wrap it up on this one. But that, to me, Amari Cooper is a stock I'd be buying knowing that Deshaun Watson is going to be this quarterback here for the next few years. Yeah, I absolutely would buy Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson hooking up in the passing game. But I think the Browns need to get back to making sure that the running game is always first and foremost uh, in the game plan. But, DJ, you're right. David Njoku made some plays. You have Amari Cooper. You have a quarterback that can throw and make all the throws. You would like to think that this offense will have a more explosive feel to it while still retaining some of the ground and pound nature. They need to play better on defense. But I'm just saying, if they can find a way to win another game and kind of give themselves an opportunity to at least play meaningful games down the stretch, then you can have an opportunity to see if this quarterback can get them over the hump. Yeah, and no doubt we'll see what happens there with the Cleveland Browns going forward. Interesting time there for that organization. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hit on a Lions-Giants game with a little bit of a surprise ending there, as well as a Bears-Falcons game, which was sneaky fun to watch. We'll get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
Lions at Giants, a Giants team that had been humming right along this entire season, one of the bigger surprises of the year. But they ran into a buzzsaw with the Detroit Lions, who got after them in this one, 31-18. Buck, I know uh, a rookie for the Lions just continues to make plays week in and week out. Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, look, I, I don't know if this is a surprise, but, hey, he's as good as advertised. Aiden Hutchinson has absolutely been a transformative player for the Lions. And, look, it hasn't reflected in their defensive stats, but he has been a dominant player from jump. When you watch this guy, he is all over the field. He makes plays. There you see him get an interception. We've seen week after week, Aiden Hutchinson has shown up and shown out. And so if I'm Dan Campbell and I'm looking at my team and I'm looking at the direction in which we're going, the one thing that I feel great about, number 97 is a dude. And as long as you have a dude, at least one dude on the D-line, you have a chance. Now the job is Dan Campbell, front office, Let's find some more guys to put around him because he is absolutely the point on the sword. Now we just got to figure out a way to get more guys that can do what he does at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Buck, he's got, not only you have some sack production, he's got a couple interceptions. You see him diving on a fumble, just always around the football. He's a really good football player overall. A reason why we thought he was as good as it got in last year's draft class. It looks like great early returns. I just want to give a little love here briefly before we get over to Rhett, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams got 12 rushing touchdowns this year. He's on pace to get 20 touchdowns on the ground. He's not going to blow you away with the yardage total. He's not going to blow you away with the yards per carry. But he matches Dan Campbell and the identity and the culture they're trying to build. Physical offensive line. You've got a physical runner. He plays the game with that type of mentality. It, it kind of has given this team a little bit of an identity. It's been a, a really, really nice pickup, a nice find for them coming over from Green Bay, Rhett. Yeah, and you, you know what's great about when Jamal Williams scores? Uh, more often than not, he's going to score again uh, because in every game except for one that he has scored a touchdown, he's actually scored another. So he has five games this year with multiple touchdowns, including this last one where he had three. So that's awesome to watch. Um, I'm going to get you on the other side of things where it was not uh, as peachy of a day on the ground for the New York Giants who have hung their hat in the run game with Saquon Barkley all year long. Big reason why they have been one of the surprise teams of the league and why Brian Dayball was leading the league uh, in terms of uh, coach of the year conversation. Now, this week, that didn't happen. It, it started on that very first run. 15 carries for Saquon, 22 yards. I ain't going to cut it, right? Very first run. They're running off tackle to the left. Andrew Thomas does like a 360, doesn't block a soul. Wide receiver gets blown back into the backfield, and it's a loss of four. And you're like, oh, boy, this might be a long day uh, here for the Giants on the ground. And, in fact, it was. And it just proves that the Giants have so much work still left to do in the perimeter target market. Kenny Galladay, I think we can all say at this point, it's a lost cause there with the Giants. It just hasn't worked out for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, you have Wandale Robinson who goes down with a torn ACL. Hate that for him. He was kind of building a really nice rookie campaign. They just don't have the guys outside or a tight end for that matter to make anyone scared of what they're going to do in the pass game. And so what do you do? Well, just load up to stop Saquon Barkley because if he's not going off, they're not scoring as an offense, and that's the case in this game. And they lost, and they got to figure out a fix here. And I don't know if it's going to come this season, but they got a lot of work to do. And, and we know that Joe Shane's certainly capable of getting it done uh, in the offseason here with this Giants team. Yeah, I know they don't want to hear it, but to me, they're playing with house money. They've already won more games than I yeah. think a lot of us anticipated they would this season. So we'll see if they can uh, find some answers here as we come down the home stretch. All right, let's get to another game here Bears, Falcons. Uh, Rhett, this is a game the Falcons, they end up beating the Bears by three. Cordero Patterson, I mean, I, I, 
I think he's almost a lock at this point in time for the Hall of Fame for what he's done as a returner. I don't, I don't know how anybody could argue that one. I, I don't either. It was an incredible um, achievement. I almost lost sight of it. Like, I almost forgot that he because he had he had impressed us so much in this full time transition to being RB one in Atlanta that you forget that he's still the game's best kick returner. And in this game. A 103-yard kickoff return touchdown that gives him now the most ever in NFL history, breaking a tie with Josh Cribbs, who was a dang good one uh, himself with the Cleveland Browns. So nine now for Cordero Patterson in his career. Yeah, if you thought Devin Hester was good, he's got more kick return scores than Devin Hester. Like, my goodness, Cordero Patterson is a... And this is a, what, a six foot three, 240-pound kick returner? 235, whatever he is, like, you don't see that. You just don't see the way he split those final two defenders on that kick cover team. I get one of them was, was the kicker. I mean, it was like they were all running in quicksand. It was unbelievable to watch. He is so much fun and he's not just contributing in the return game. He was a big part Bucky of the run game effort uh, for the Falcons that helped him win this game. Yeah. Uh, Red, you, you talk about Cordero Patterson. I think he will have one of the more remarkable careers that we've seen. Nine kick return touchdowns is amazing to be able to take it to the paint, particularly when all the rules have gone against the kick return. Yeah. They don't even give you many opportunities to be able to take it back to the crib, but yet he's still able to do it. That 103-yard return to me was impressive because he's an older guy who is still able to run away from uh, cover guys. And so it's remarkable that he's as productive. But another thing that's remarkable to me is that the Atlanta Falcons have become a physical team right in front of our eyes. I think when I think about the Atlanta Falcons or whatever, and I think Dirty Birds, I think run and shoot from all those years ago, but Arthur Smith has reshaped this team behind a physical running game. And what I love about Arthur Smith, outside of being a Tar Heel, is he is committed to running the football. He's going to run it downhill. He's going to run it at you. He's not going to get off task. He is going to be committed. And because they're so committed to the running game, it has given this team a chance to really compete for a division title. And I don't think any of us saw this team, this Atlanta team, being in the conversation to win the NFC South is a tribute and testament to their offensive line and their running backs being physical and being committed to run the ball early and often between the tackles. Arthur Smith's a darn good coach, man. I give him a lot of credit for how he's, he's making this thing work and they're competitive week in and week out. Um, I want to switch it over to the Bears side of things just real quick because earlier in the year, I think it was maybe the, one of the first two shows we did, I talked about, man, we got to get Justin Fields more involved in some of this quarterback run game because we were seeing what was happening in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts, saying, man, why don't they do a little bit more of that with Justin Fields? And then all of a sudden that started coming, and now you're starting to see Justin Fields make plays. But my thing is now we're almost need to, we've overcorrected a little bit, okay? 18 carries in this game. I went back and, and broke down the runs here. 12 of them were on design quarterback runs. To me, that's that's too much uh, right now at this point in time because when you look at the hits that he took, he took nine hits. He ends up hurting his shoulder. As the passing has gotten better, I think then now allows you to kind of pull back a little bit on the running. He doesn't need to carry the ball that many times. You look at the last few games here, 18 for 85, 13 for 147, 15 for 178. I mean, that's huge production. I, I, I love that. But as he's continuing to get better as a passer, you're going to have to pull back on that. Or you're not going to be able to keep him out in the field because unlike Lamar Jackson, who has a unique ability to slide and to get out of bounds and to fall backwards and not take punishment, Fields doesn't possess that. So when you take hits like he's taking, you're going to get hurt. So 
it's a sweet balance that you have to find there, Buck. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. it's it's exciting what you're seeing from Fields. You're seeing the playmaking. Man, you got to be fired up if you're a Bears fan, but you got to find that right balance. DJ, and I am a fan of the evolution of the position where we're seeing quarterbacks really being involved in a running game. But I think you hit on something. 18 carries is far too many carries for the quarterback. I think the sweet spot on design quarterback runs for a quarterback like Justin Fields is six to eight design quarterback runs and maybe three or four scrambles that happen within the flow of the game. What you want to do with a guy like Justin Fields is you want to use him enough where the defense has to account for him, but then somebody else does the heavy lifting. David Montgomery or one of your other running backs. And so I believe as Luke Getze is learning how to call an offense where the quarterback is a runner, I think you always have to keep in mind, I don't want to overuse him because eventually he's going to take a shot. And really the play that he got hurt on, he's trying to get out of bounds and we saw him fall. And as soon as he got up, I saw him point to the shoulder. I was like, oh boy, that's an issue. So you just got to make sure that sometimes you protect the quarterback because he can't necessarily protect himself. No doubt. But I'll tell you what, man, we started or earlier in the show, we talked about Zach Wilson and his struggles. Got to feel good if you're the Bears right now, just seeing what you're seeing from Justin Fields and the, and the progress that he's made and the plays that he's making for that team. It gives them hope, uh, a word that Bucky likes to throw around there when we're talking about these young quarterbacks. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap this thing up by looking ahead to the NFL draft. What does the top yes. five look like and how many quarterbacks can we see falling in the top five? We get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Well, once Thanksgiving gets here, we really start to look ahead to the draft, and it's fun every week to kind of update the draft order and see what that looks like. Here we go. If the season ended right now, Texans, Panthers, Bears, Raiders, Seahawks. Again, that Seahawks pick, the fifth overall pick in exchange for Russell Wilson. That trade is looking mighty fine there for the Seattle Seahawks. Buck, when you look at these teams, quarterback teams, it would seem – Houston, even with Davis Mills, a young player, you got to believe they're going to be in the quarterback market. They're at one. Carolina at two. They yeah. continue to audition different quarterbacks. Haven't been able to find a winner there. And then I, to me, Chicago, obviously they have their quarterback. Seattle, I know that Geno is a little bit older. He's playing at such a high level. There's no urgency there for them to take a quarterback. I want to start, instead of pick number one, I want to start pick number four. The Las Vegas Raiders, Josh McDaniel, is going to be in year two. Are they in the quarterback market there in the top five? Uh, I think so. And I think what we've seen is every head coach typically likes to have his quarterback, right? He likes to have his guy. Uh, And when I think about Derek Carr, it's not necessarily that you have to have the guy come in and replace him immediately, but let's go ahead and get him in the building and let's start working towards that. Even though you've rewarded Derek Carr with a nice contract, you put him in the $40 million club, are you convinced that he is going to be the guy long-term? By all accounts, Mark Davis is committed to Josh McDaniels being the coach for the Raiders for a long time. So if I'm Josh McDaniels, I want to build this out the right way. And at some point, I have to identify a young quarterback. And this might be the year where I can get my guy that is going to be the long-term solution uh, at the quarterback position. I don't know. I think I look at the acquisitions that the Raiders have made here, the big ones, like you got a window here if you're Vegas and it's, you know, Devonte Adams is playing, you know, obviously as good a football as he's played in his entire career, no signs of, show, of slowing down there, but you got to wonder what, what's, what's it look like in two to three years. Same with, you know, Chandler Jones has not been what we thought he was going to be for the Raiders this year. I, I feel like you, the window is kind of now uh, for the Raiders. And I, I feel like you maybe find a better piece to kind of help that. I don't know if Derek Carr has been the reason why they have struggled as mightily as they have. I mean, he finds the, uh, Devontae for that game winner this week in overtime against the Broncos. It was beautiful. Um, they got a lot of other issues there. I don't know if the quarterback is one and maybe a pick at four can help them. I, I'm looking down the line. I think the Lions are an interesting case there as well. They might be winning themselves uh, with their own pick. They might be winning themselves right out of the quarterback market. But if the Rams keep struggling as, I don't know, they're not showing any signs of improvement here at this point. Uh, that's going to be an interesting choice there for them. Wherever that Rams pick ends up, if it's at six, like, how do you feel about Jared Goff? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's a prime opportunity. We thought the Lions might be in the market last year, right? And so that one, I think, DJ, uh, is where things could get really interesting there. Yeah, no, absolutely. You get to pick number six there with Detroit to see what they end up doing. I, to me, I, I also go up there to the top of the draft. If we're going to start Houston, Carolina, I think it's fun to try and pair up quarterbacks we think would fit with those teams. It. Bryce Young, to me, I believe, is the most talented quarterback in this class that I've studied, and i got a lot of work to do on these guys. But from where I am right now, I think he's clearly the best one in terms of the talent. 
Now, the size is going to be debated. It's going to be discussed. It's not just the height. He's, he's kind of a narrow frame. He's not a big guy. So how would he physically hold up? Well, in Houston, I like the fact he's playing his home games indoors. I like the fact you've got Laramie Tunsil, one of the premier left tackles in the NFL. They've got a bunch of other assets in place when it comes to extra picks to surround him with some help. You're going to get a chance. Remember, John Mechie, who's uh, you know has battled cancer, he's going to be back, his former teammate there at Alabama. So you have some familiarity there. Brandon Cook's a good player. I think he could fit in well there. Um, and also think about some of the connections when you have uh, Nick Casario, who goes back to Bill Belichick. You think about Belichick and Nick Saban. So I know Nick mm-hmm. has those relationships there at Alabama to know everything there is to know about Bryce Young. But to me, I think he's not right for everybody. But in my opinion, I think he's right for Houston. Well, I think that's – well, I, I'll, I'll get to it real quick here um, because I think that makes a lot of sense at one and because you've got another pick six picks later as it is right now. I don't know where that's going to end up with Cleveland eventually. Yeah. But if it's another top ten pick – I, I know they took Kenyon Green in the first round last year, uh, and you got Titus Howard up there as well, but I'm taking the best available offensive lineman. If I'm taking Bryce Young, my next pick is going to be the next, the best available offensive lineman, and they'll have a chance to get a pretty dang good one up there in the top 10 if that's where that second first-round pick ends up falling, Bucky. Yeah, no, I think Bryce Young is a sensible pick, and I think it's sensible in, in this regard. When we talk about size and those things, the one thing that hasn't bothered the Patriots when it comes to quarterbacks guys that aren't necessarily the prototype. You think about Bailey Zappi being able to come in and play for the New England Patriots. You think about all the connections, uh, as we say, six degrees of separation back to Nick Saban. Yeah, that's a sensible pick. I think below that, though, the Carolina Panthers and what they're going to do based on who's going to be the coach. We know they have to find somebody and they got to commit to somebody. So when I think about C.J. Stroud, to me, C.J. Stroud is more of a fit in that regard because he's prototype. He has size. He has arm talent. He is all the things that you typically look for in the quarterback position. Are there some things that you may want to clean up in his game? Absolutely. But in terms of checking off the boxes, this guy checks off a lot of boxes when you are a franchise that is desperate for a QB1 to be the guy for your franchise for a long time. Yeah, if that were to happen, say you end up with quarterbacks going one and two in whatever order that they come off the board with Houston and Carolina, Chicago is not taking a quarterback, which would give them the opportunity to get the best player available. And I, to me, I think that's going to be Will Anderson, edge rusher from Alabama, who's an elite, elite player. It would be a fun piece they to need plug one. in there. Yeah, after some of the trades that they've made, think about in the last year, max has gone, Quinn's gone. Now you get some real youth and talent there uh, with Will Anderson. The Raiders, kind of a wild card pick there at four. And then you get to Seattle at pick number five. We talked about, you know, Will Levis is a young player who's got a lot of ability. He's physical. Um, I wasn't as high on him. I've got more work to do on him. I know he's not playing with a great supporting cast, but I do know scouts that go in there rave about him in terms of the work ethic, intangibles, intelligence, all that stuff. Um, so there's a lot. There's a lot to work with. Yeah, he's been banged up this year as well, Rhett. Uh, but uh, you know that might be a little early, a little rich for me. But that might be a situation where you know the Seattle Seahawks. You wouldn't have to rush if they do take a quarterback. One thing with Geno's proven is you're not going to have to rush him to get him on the field. Um, he'll buy you a little bit of a time of time there. So they'll have an interesting decision to make there at pick number five. But again, this is all going to change. Uh, we're going to see this order kind of move around a little bit as the season oh, yeah. uh, comes to a close, but it's never too early to start looking at the draft. Buck, I'll give you the opportunity to close us out here. Um, best side dish for Thanksgiving. Rhett's on the board with mac and cheese, which is not the right answer. I went stuffing. What, what do you got? 
Oh, I'm going to go with sweet potato souffle. You got to have a little sweet potato with marshmallows uh, okay. on top and a little That's cinnamon a and making all that. Yeah, you got to you have to have that. And uh, if I can throw in a little cornbread to go with it, can I get a little cornbread and some cranberry sauce I, to go with he it? He didn't I ask about desserts. I need all of that he on my plate. He didn't ask about dessert. What are you he asked about, about a side dish. No, 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 no. no. That's a we, dessert. We what are we doing? Oh, that is my side. That is my side. That's my side all day, so, every day. I got a sweet tooth, Red. I have a sweet tooth. So, but... <laughs> Buck, my son, as you guys know, goes to Baylor, and they had the big noon kickoff at their game. It was a heartbreaker, right? Yeah. They just lost to TCU. My son said he got there early to the game. He said, Dad, I made a sign. And I said, oh, you, you made a sign. What, what, what was the sign? What would you say? He said, oh, TCU likes cranberry sauce. I said, "That's I've never been more proud because it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. So, Buck, that's a terrible value. Oh, DJ. Terrible. With you on the sweet potatoes? Terrible. terrible. It's terrible, Rhett. Is it not terrible? Hey, we can agree on that. Or Cran- life. Cran- Cran- cranberry can. sauce right out the right out, right out the can? Right out the can. Oh, it's disgusting. The it's disgusting. Oh. Right out the can. All right, we got to go. We got to wrap day. this thing up. I want to encourage so everybody to check out our content on <laughs> NFL's YouTube channel, NFL.com, and the NFL app. We'll have more Move the Six content coming your way this week. We appreciate you listening to Move the Six. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your 
your perfect home sweet home. 